It's good to be here. It's good to get reacquainted in a bit, in a way. It's been April the 3rd, I believe, since we were here last, so it feels like it's been away a little bit. Look forward to being here today, uh, but then last evening found out we would do well to step in and help Evan so they could be gone for the travels they need to make. So uh, that's why I'm here this morning. When you meet someone, what is important to you that they know about you? Or maybe it's even someone you've met before. But to bring them up to date, what is important to you that they know about you? It's an interesting question. It makes us think. We, we can reflect on our own life and experience. We can reflect on those around us. We can reflect on, on children and their thought patterns and what's important to them and they relate to each other and and uh, so forth and um, <clears throat> for a message this morning I would invite you to the uh, general epistle of James won't be looking at much of this book this morning But I'm simply going to use the title this morning out of verse 1. A servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. A servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I was gripped with that phrase in thinking about that question I asked already. What's important that other people know about you? So we want to, to look at this verse. And James 1, verse 1 says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. There were some additional thoughts there. But the primary thought was set forth in his greeting, his salutation, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when we meet people around us, uh, it may depend upon the setting, but we probably don't think quite in those terms. In the day-to-day -day interaction. But should we? It is somewhat of a, a test, an exam of who we are, of, of the state of our mind, of our heart, when we ask that question, what is important to you that others know about you? Why was it important, or why is it so often that we see in the 
the scriptures in the New Testament, the, the epistles, quite a lot. Perhaps we'll just look at a couple of those real briefly. Romans, um, I think there are a lot of one ones, but let's look at um, the wording Paul uses here. Romans 1 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. We have it here in chapter 1 of James. In Jude, the first verse. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ. In other locations, it's often referred to. What was so important that they referred to themselves as presenting themselves as a servant? And um, I, didn't, I didn't look it up exhaustively, but the word that is used, doulos, You've probably heard that word referred to in the Greek. Uh, is used, I think, about 119 times, or the word servant, I think, is used about 119 times in the New Testament. And most, a very, very high percentage of those usages refer to doulos. A few of them refer to a bond, bond slave, or a bond, a person that's under uh, service in another term. But it's um, it's of interest to me that here in James's writing, uh, he refers to that and uses that, and it's a, a reminder to us as well that we are called to be servants of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> when that description is made, when that definition is set forth, we begin to see a defining element of what was at work, what was in place in the purpose of life. That they embraced. That gives us somewhat of an answer to the, the question I asked, why did these people, why did these men refer to themselves as slaves, as servants? Why use such a term to describe themselves? Why should we, why would we use such a term to describe ourselves? We'll look at a few scriptures here. To begin with, the fact that his description as a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ is a part of what a disciple of Jesus is called to be. And we have a verse here behind me that speaks of an aspect of the def definition of disciples. Love. Love is a foundational element of the service, of the servanthood that we're looking at this morning. Turn to the Gospel of Matthew to think about this, this area briefly. Matthew 23. <clears throat> there were a number of passages in the Gospels that give some definition. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 23. I want to read verses 8 through 12. Jesus is here teaching and he says these 
words, but be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he shall humble himself. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Jesus was here pointing out some other faults. But he, he calls them to, to understand following his denunciation of the scribes and Pharisees, he says, this is the way you are to function. This is the way you are to labor. This is the way you are to present yourself. This is the mindset in which you are to walk. Then he returns back to, in verse 13, to the description of their dilemma. Recently, our last time here was the communion service and we looked at the Gospel of John chapter 13 and um, a few of those verses are in focus in this this point of a servant being a disciple of Christ in verses 12 through 17. Uh, I won't take time to read all of this but I'll break in in verse 14. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Specifically, we are called to serve. Um, as was described in our text verse this morning, in Hebrews 9, um, as well, a few verses here I want to point to to remind us of that call. Verse 14 of chapter 9. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? We see that reference to that change that is to come from the pursuit of self to the, the place of service, of worship, of lending all that was given to us back to our Creator and glorifying Him. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Um, now, you probably recall hearing me expound a bit on 
the word used here in this verse for ministers. Um, it is not the doulos, but it is a, a word of, of depicting service of a slave and uh, an under oarsman. Now let's go to Romans chapter 6 and um, a number of verses here from Romans chapter 6. <clears throat> we think of James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what we see happening here in verse 17. And 18, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Servants, servants of doing the right thing. Servants of going the right direction. Servants of going the right way. Being a servant is what a disciple of Jesus is called to be. So when we think about that, that overarching question, what is important to you that others know about you? If there are other things that become important that we want others to know about us beyond that primary element of being a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the impact of that on my life and action and interaction? <clears throat> Galatians 5 verse 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Serve one another. The, the picture of our perception of ourselves and those around us is oftentimes embodied in the level of comfort, the level of satisfaction that uh, we are okay with life. We are okay with the setting we find ourselves in. You know, we're not there when they're picking up ball teams thinking we need to be the first person picked or afraid that we're going to be the last, if you will. But we're okay because our confidence is in the service we want to lend to our master. One more passage thinking about this specific call on our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 um, and verse 19 and following. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as 
as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews to them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law, to them that are without law as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. goes on to talk about the perseverance, the endurance, the patience that is required. We talked about patience in our Sunday school class this morning. Whether, regardless of whatever word you use there, I like the scriptures that use patience. Some people thought endurance was better. But I, whatever it is, it must be something that the spirit is there. The driver behind it, the supporting force. You know, we can, we can sometimes in our carnal nature, we can have significant endurance. <laughs> we can push a hard bargain from the fleshly point. But patience in the Lord is resting in Him, His working, His leading. <clears throat> so being a servant is an element of, a key element of a disciple of Jesus that's which we are called to be. Being a servant also is a, a mark of growing maturity process. You know, it's pretty common for little children to state their desires and their needs. and They can be quite immature and selfish in their sweetness at times. And uh, whether you have what they want or not, they're not afraid to ask you for it. <laughs> But an immature person is usually quite selfish. I've come to grow in my appreciation for the word self and the fact that it is a warning sign when we use the word self that beware, sin is very near. The potential for sin, usually where sin is found, there is an element of self involved. So as we serve, we need to guard against those things, to, to walk carefully and cautiously as a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. While children, little children, are very much prone to pursuing life as they see it from their limited vision, it is normal, it is natural in the physical realm for there to come to pass a degree of, of maturity, but there is a separate level of maturity that comes into the picture when we submit ourselves to God and we rest in Him. And it allows us to experience the blessing of the mind of Christ in being his servant in honoring him and worshiping him it allows us to enjoy an element of fulfillment as a servant a person who serves others that is not 
only serving to be able to get that plaque to hang on the wall or that recognition. Now, I understand that when we serve sometimes in our workplace, in our jobs, there is that degree of satisfaction that we do appreciate that paycheck. We, we appreciate that compensation for our efforts that allows us to meet our needs uh, in other areas of life. But you understand what I'm, I'm, I'm grasping for here is, is the, the perspective of a person that is not driven by selfish, uh, carnal motives. So that maturity bears fruit, the fruit of righteousness there. It describes that. It demonstrates that. And James's description of himself fits in very well with the theme of his epistle. Now, in that, here again, we are not looking into that, but it doesn't take you long to realize that there are many uh, elements of which we could say it's not... Significantly focused on doctrine, but there is a lot of ethical points in focus that that he writes to us in and and encourages us to avoid things of that area of those elements. <clears throat> and um, we find also, as he describes himself, the theme he he embodies that it's not a a worthless, thankless effort. In verse 3, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Or that word is better interpreted and understood as encounter diverse temptations. Here again, just recently, I was blessed in hearing a, a young fellow share a devotional on his life experience in the recent weeks or that day and uh, day before and he was talking about patience and here the scripture reminds us of that in verse 3 knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing what a servant for God what a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ to, <clears throat> to be able to understand and, and embrace and to know that I am complete, I am fulfilled in God. And beyond that, there is, you know, I was talking with a brother recently, we were discussing the Christian walk, and, and the thought just occurred to me, you know, when we, when I am nothing and you are nothing, and Christ is all that there is, there's not much to fuss about. And that's, in essence, a lot of what is made possible in this salutation. <clears throat> a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we find something to, to dispute, may we find that as a caution, as a warning to analyze it carefully. He was bearing the marks of spiritual maturity. 
Being a servant has several implications. I'd like to consider a few of those with you this morning. Uh, what are some of the things that most people do not enjoy the, the thought of being a servant or a slave? What are some of those implications? If you are someone's slave, that means you have to do what they say. Not? It implies full obedience. It implies in that slave-master relationship, that element that in the general sense can be a detestable thought and yet in relation to our God and our Lord Jesus Christ there is a beauty that comes into that picture. Does it describe my relationship with Christ? Does it describe your relationship with Christ? Are you committed to full obedience? In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, there in 19 and 20, we were, were called to be mindful of the fact that we are not our own. We are bought with a price. And um, so we owe that which we have of life in our body to Him. Um, we come to the Lord Jesus on his terms. Uh, I'd like to look at two verses from, they're very similar, but uh, in the Gospel of Luke 6, yeah, I'm here already at Matthew. Let's look at Matthew 7, 21 first. <clears throat> Jesus gave this warning regarding those that are truly his, he says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Regardless of what we may seek to accomplish, even in the name of of Jesus if we are not surrendered and blessed in that position in the Lord Jesus Christ there is little hope for us to enter into his rest enter into his presence with those kind words well done thou good and faithful servant now over in, in uh, the gospel of Luke chapter 6 Verse 46. A very simple question Jesus raises here. He says, And why call ye me Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. And he goes on to give this account of which we understand as the wise man building his house upon a rock. 
being a servant has implications of fervently pursuing an obedient walk in the Lord. Another aspect of, of that involves humility, and I talked about that a little bit in passing. Maybe you didn't pick up on it, but the... <clears throat> The element of maturity as a servant manifests we are we are seeking to be in an humble opinion of ourselves. We are receptive to that idea of complete obedience. First Corinthians chapter fifteen. Beginning in verse 9, Paul writes, For I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they, than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I, or they, so we preach, and so you believed. You see the the humility there. Paul's thinking was it wasn't important whether it was him or someone else. Um, it was the, the important part that the gospel was preached. That that was in focus. <clears throat> Two other examples in Ephesians 3, verse 8. He carries this thought on again here in this writing. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. 1 Timothy 1. Fifteen, where he again builds on that thought of his unworthiness. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. You see, when we are able to keep that focus of our need before God, it helps us, it equips us, it gives us the ability to, to walk in the neediness of our soul, realizing that our salvation is in Him. And so we serve, we seek to bless, because it's very clear, the goal and focus. Out of that, there is an element that is described in Galatians chapter 1, I'll turn there, in verse 10 that we often battle with in the flesh and it has to do with loyalty. Loyalty. And it goes, it ties back into that first question I asked you this morning. What is important to you that others know about you? 
some time ago, I was, um, became aware of a situation where an employee was, was struggling and, um, and became dissatisfied in his setting. And, and it, the result or the purpose of it was that he was struggling with loyalty. He had his own agenda. He had his own things in mind. And how, how easy is that not for us to have, have that type of thing creep in? And, and the spiritual walk, we need to understand our loyalty is to be fully and completely with God. Here in verse 10 of Galatians 1, Paul says, For, I, for do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. That's a, that's a pretty strong assessment of the folly of our flesh trying to please ourselves or impress others or attain something on the on the part on the part of other men. As a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, our preference, our own profit, or preference or importance is not what makes the day, what gives us marching orders. See, we're going to run a little bit short on time here, but um, The element that we touched on briefly this morning um, that comes out there in Romans 12, but also the, let me turn to that to, to formulate my thinking here on this to make sure I get it right. The, there's another passage and I found it interesting in the Spanish scripture I'm sorry, I was thinking Hebrews and I was saying Romans. That'll work a little bit different if we go to Hebrews. Talks there about laying aside every weight. And um, in the Spanish scripture, it uses the same word that it uses to refer to the fact that Christ made himself of no reputation. He emptied himself. He poured himself out. And I like that. Um, sometimes we can read, as I, and we're all, we read the scriptures from our perspective, but in Hebrews 12, we read this here in the King James, and we talk about, well, taking off this weight, taking off this weight. Many times, the weights that we bear are those that are within us. The weight of self. And when that is emptied out, when it is cast aside, then being that servant that James presented himself as there, we can understand the blessing and the purpose of it. Being that servant is something that brings great blessing. It is not a matter of a title of... of, um, Dishonor, but it is a 
a privilege to labor on the behalf of our great God. When you look back in the Old Testament, for example, there's how many men were named Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Caleb, Job, Isaiah, other prophets. They were called servants. Servant of the Lord. My servant. Different things. It would be a joy and a blessing to be counted among them as well as a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. May that be a pervading thought in the coming days as you seek to serve the Lord. Make decisions, choices that will direct and effect for eternity.